0: Last time on Stone Cold Mysteries.
1: Speak hands for me.
2: Shepard, do you see that red glinting off the knife on stage?
1: It's pretty cut and dry, don't you think? Marsh did it. He's the one who stabbed Wes. He didn't even seem sorry about it on stage. It's not my fault that the knife was real. It was fake this morning.
2: So, what was your relationship with Mr. West? Oh, strictly professional. He was quite the actor. Everyone, except for John Wes, had been working for me at least five years. The two main characters, though, seem to be the only people who've had the least experience here. Who was it that was upset about these two rising to power in such a short time? Dale Pearson, Sarah Garrison, and James Merriweather. Ooh, look, here. It's a knife, Rack Shepherd, missing a knife. It's branded to Dale from Mom. I found what I was looking for. The stage knife. What's your relationship to John West?
3: Beside fellow actors, I'd say rivals. We battled for the best lead roles. Willing to kill for it? I was the second best, always. So yeah, I hated him a little bit. But that's just common jealousy. I wouldn't kill a man over that. But how
2: do you explain the knife? Surely you would know that the real knife wasn't the fake.
3: We try to make our props and attire look and feel completely real. Mr. Marsh,
4: is there anything else we should?
3: You should probably talk to Casey. Before we brought the box backstage tonight, I saw Casey sifting through it rather hastily. I don't know if she took something, but she could have switched
4: the knives. Why are you looking through the trash again?
2: To test out if the knife really does look and feel real and is weighted correctly. So quit being such a worrywart. Mm. Marsh was
5: right, though. This knife is pretty much a clone of the real one.
4: First, what is your relationship to Mr. West?
5: We don't really have a relationship besides a professional one. He was kind of a selfish, pompous jerk.
4: He definitely doesn't sound pleasant to be around. Did this bother you?
5: Yes, but I got used to it after a while. I think the people who were most affected by him was James, Sarah and Dale. No one was really too fond of him though, except for Miss Snyder.
4: We were told that you were snooping around in the prop box just before showtime today. Can you explain that?
5: I did I didn't switch the knives, if that's what you're trying to get at. I misplaced my work gloves before the show. I thought maybe someone unknowingly puts the gloves into the prop box, and I was right. I found them there. Well, that's all well and good, but can anyone verify this? Actually, yes. Jade can.
4: Is there anything else you can tell us before we send you to get the next person?
5: You might want to ask Jade about a rather heated discussion that she had with John before the show. Ooh, this is interesting. What is it? It's a letter from Mr. Pearson's mother.
4: Dear... <sighs> my little sweetie. I hope my treasure has been doing well in his wonderful dream of being an actor. Don't worry about these wretched men taking my darling spotlight. I know that you will get it soon enough. I just sent you a gift to make you feel better and hopefully it helps you with food. I know you don't cook that much due to how many shows you do, but use them sometime. It'll make Mama so happy if she knows her sweetheart is using my gift. Sometimes maybe we can both use them together. Do to my love, Dale. What was your Relationship to John West.
6: Not anyone important. He was a means to an end as I see it.
4: But we heard that you had quite a heated discussion with Mr. West backstage.
6: Uh, uh, oh, right. So I was angry with him most days. He was quite a wretched man, you know. He yelled at me like a dog. I just lost it because of all my pent-up nerves. Chewed him out real good. But that's all, I'm not some homicidal maniac.
4: Did Casey Matthews come to you about work gloves?
6: Oh, yeah. Oh, I think you should know that Dale came up to me about a minute after Casey left to look in the box wondering where she was. After I told where she went, he just hung around and talked to me. It was a bit strange.
4: Is there anything else you could tell us, Miss Lambert?
6: I'm quite sure that Dale, Sarah and James were sour towards Wes. I now know why her gloves were in the prop box. It was a
2: red herring. What was your relationship with Mr. Wes? To
1: put it bluntly, I hated him with every bone in my body. He was a rat. A talented pretty boy rat. He thought he could do anything to people around here and get away with it. But he tried to take my girl.
4: Those words don't help your case. Not in the least
1: I didn't kill him, Chief Shepard. All I said was that I was glad he was dead. I talked to Dale next. He's been quite upset since John and Thomas have joined our group. I can hear him muttering curses towards them, and every time they walk into the room, his eyes scream death.
2: We'll make sure we talk to him, but I need to talk to Miss Garrison first. Your story seems fine, but maybe your girlfriend could give us a little more about you behind the scenes. Maybe something you didn't tell us. Plus, you're the prop master. You're in a very suspicious situation. What's that crumpled up piece of paper?
4: You mean this one?
2: Yes! It looks like the same stationary as the creepy letter.
4: Jeez, I would never notice that. What
2: was your relationship with Mr. West? We didn't
0: have a relationship. All he wanted was to take me for his own, like a trophy.
4: Plus, we heard that something happened between you two that caused you to become afraid of him.
0: Nothing happened! I know that's
2: a lie. Care to say why, or do I?
0: Don't, please. I'm trying to forget
2: it, but I can't. And now you want me to bring it back up again? I have to. It's my job. Please, for the sake of clearing your name. Fine, J- John. John. Uh,
0: he was very close to taking me against my will. Something that I only want to give to my husband, which I hope will be James. But in my present state, I can't think about romance. I, I'm damaged and I'm hurt. I smashed a glass over his head and ran to James. I thought I had killed him and a lot of blood was coming from his head and he he wasn't moving. I was hoping that he wasn't dead, but then. I didn't. I'm glad he didn't die. I don't want to be a murderer. But when he died tonight, I felt relieved. Like, I could stop looking over my
2: back and repair myself.
4: I think it's time that we took a look at that letter. Yikes. Look at this sentence.
2: That stupid John West should die again and again for taking roles away from the people who earned it. If I could stab him in the back, cause Miss Snyder to see him for the beast he was, I'd do it. That's concerning. What was your relationship to Mr. West? Nothing
7: more than calling
4: We've come to the conclusion that you really hated Mr. West. Is that
7: true? We all hated him. But yes, I did hate him just a little bit more. You know who you should be questioning again? Casey. I saw her snooping around the prop box rather intently before the play, right before it started. If she changed anything, no one could have replaced it since the play was that close to starting.
2: You saw her snooping around?
7: Yes. It's not that hard to believe. I'm allowed backstage, you know. I thought
4: you were going to ask the guy about the letters to and from his mom.
2: There's really no need. We are here to solve a murder. Not question the guy about his Oedipus complex. There's just no point. What's wrong? Nothing. In fact, everything is just right. I was just standing up to go back inside to nab the killer.
4: Wait, you figured out who murdered Wes?
2: Yes, and you're not... Never guess who. Now, we come back to Samantha
0: Stone declaring she knows who the theatrical murderer is.
4: So, who is it? No, wait. You're going to tell me to wait until we've gone back to the others.
2: Of course. I love drama, and this couldn't be more of a perfect time to create suspense.
4: I understand that you wish you could have enjoyed the play without having to work. Well, do you really have to torture me like so?
2: Come on, Shepard, I always do this to you. Let's go.
1: Stone and Shepard walk back to the actors inside of the anchor.
6: Oh, finally, have you figured out who killed John? We would like to sleep sometime tonight, Miss Stone. Yes,
2: we have solved the case. The one who killed Mr. John West was none other than your very own Oedipus, Mr. Dale Pearson.
7: I knew it all along. Wait, what? Me? Don't you mean Thomas or Casey or James? They were the ones acting all suspicious. Casey rooting through the prop box before the show. James screaming numerous death threats. Thomas because he stabbed the man. I'm innocent.
2: Yes, about that. It's obviously not Miss Matthews. And the reason to why it's not Miss Matthews also condemns yourself. It was actually something you said to Shepard and I that was the condemning evidence. Shepard, do you have any idea what I'm talking about?
4: Actually, yes. I believe it was when he said that he sold Miss Matthews. Rooting around in the prop box. Lambert said that she told Matthews to look in the prop box, and then after she left, Mr. Pearson came up to Miss Lambert, asking where Miss Matthews was, and when Miss Lambert told him, he decided to stick around and talk to her.
2: Which means that he couldn't have witnessed Miss Matthews rooting around in the prop box. Also, we know that Miss Matthews was just looking for her work gloves, which were conveniently placed in the prop box.
6: It's true. All I was looking for was my gloves. And Dale was with me the whole time
4: Casey was looking.
7: Oh, of course! How could I forget? I meant to say that I heard she was rooting around in the prop box. My bad. For an actor, you aren't very good at lying.
2: I think you just confessed right there, Mr. Pearson. But if that wasn't enough, you practically confessed to your mother that you were going to stab him. Also, your mother sent you knives saying that they were to help you in your endeavors, even though she knew that you rarely cooked.
7: You read my lettuce. That's private property.
4: Not in a murder investigation. Also, it couldn't have been Mr. Merriweather because he was with Miss Garrison the whole time before the show. Thomas could be it. But I'm sure Stone will show us all how you are, the cold-blooded killer.
2: Here's what happened. You, before Marsh and Wes, were the leading role for all of Miss Snyder's productions. You had the talent and experience which made you a shoe in for the lead roles, that is, until Marsh and then Wes came along. They were just dripping with talent, everyone could see that, and you were kicked from the leads you were given to supporting roles. You hated the fact that they stole your spotlight, enough to do anything you could to get them off the stage, You planned to kill him, but you never had a sure enough opportunity until this play was started. Meriwether had to create a knife for this play and decided to use your knives as a model, making a completely identical knife to yours. You saw your opportunity to frame Marsh, who wasn't the main lead, and kill Wes, who was the main lead, and rather a jerk. You switched the knives in the prop box today. You were seen rooting around in it, and then you waited for the carnage to happen. Marsh stabbed Wes, and Wes died. All that needed to happen was for everyone to believe that Marsh intended to do it, since people would think that the knives could be told apart, and you would get rid of both your rivals in one fell swoop. Also, if the plan to frame Marsh fell through, you had a backup plan to frame Casey by putting her gloves in the prop box. That was a rather stupid fallback plan, by the way. Did I miss anything? How
7: could you? Oh, don't give me that. We all hated him. He was a jerk, and you had the opportunity to kill him? You would have. Of course I killed him. He deserved
1: it. There's a difference between thinking something and acting on something. There's also a difference between expressions. Of course we hated him, but you took it way too far. Oh, shut up, you wet-nosed child! Take him away, men! Police officers take Pearson away. Wait till
7: my mother hears this. Get your hands off of me. I'm an artist of the theater. Wait till my mom hears this. Get your slimy hands off of me. Mom, mom, I'm an actor. Did you say that he was our very own Oedipus? Here, look at
2: these letters. I'm sure you will understand what I mean. So we can go home now. I don't see why not. Actually,
1: I was hoping I could say something before we all go back to the wagon. Sarah, I've known you for many years. Our 14th year will be in a few weeks. But I wanted to celebrate our 100th production together with a little proposition. I know that times have been tough with John around and and I know that you feel wary for some reason, but I want you to know that I want to be able to share those fears with you and help them melt away. I want you to let me protect you and love you and care for you. I want to be able to wipe your tears away from your eyes and watch you laugh again. Mostly, I want you to be able to fly free again, like you used to. Your wings may be damaged, but let me help you fix them. Let me be the shoulder for you to cry on. I promise to protect you with my life and love you with my all. That's why today, I humbly come before you. Miss Sarah Rose Garrison. Meriwether bends down and kneels, pulling a box from his jacket. Will you marry me? She glances at Stone and Shepherd, then back at him.
0: I love you, James, and I love no one else like I do you. John had robbed me of my joy for too long, and... And now that he's gone, I want to heal. But I don't want to do it alone. That's why I will marry you. Please love me through all my hurt and flaws. And I promise I'll do the same.
1: I'd have it no other way. They hug and kiss.
6: Congratulations!
5: why you have the ring in your pocket. That is your costume, you know.
1: Well, I was planning to do it in front of the crowd after the show, but I think this was the best choice. So I guess in some ways this murder was good.
2: Congratulations, you two. I wish you lifelong happiness. Thank you, Miss Stone,
0: Chief Shepherd, for all you have done. I needed to believe that I could heal before I could have accepted his question. Thank you. Thank you, too, so much.
1: Stone and Shepard leave the actors on stage. Well, I hope that this theatre date wasn't too much
4: of a bust. I'm sorry you had to work.
2: Are you kidding me? I got to see the first half of a Shakespearean play, solve a murder, help a hurt young lady, and witness a happily ever after. I'd say that this outing was far from a bust, especially since I got to spend it with you.
4: Hmm. What was that, Stone? Didn't quite hear that last part.
2: Oh, Nothing. Thank you for this delightful experience, Shepard. I'll see you the next time that you need my help.
1: She runs off, catching a conveniently timed hacking carriage and rides home, leaving a mystified Shepherd behind her. WCUG Cougar Radio presents the sixth episode of our new radio drama, Stone Cold Mysteries. Please pay attention, for this drama is interactive. It's a frigid midday at the docks at the harbour here in the murder-riddled city, London, December 5th, 1890. Private investigator Samantha Stone is sitting at one of the docks with a fishing pole in hand. With a disgruntled sigh, she looks over to her young companion, Charles. The crash of the waves against the docks sends an ominous tone through the air, although the day seems sunny and bright. Is this food trip going to turn fatal, or will it stay fun? Well, let's tune in and find out.
2: Why am I here again? I distinctly remember this little... A hobby being a man's job it's not a hobby many people fish for food it's essential for us so we can have food tonight oh yes that's a splendid notion very true although might i suggest this wonderfully grand luxury that we have called a market you know the place that separates us from the poor and decrepit okay but this is more enjoyable i don't recall this sport being enjoyable in fact It's cold, smelly, and we just had a lunch, so I would like to lie down and read a book. It's enjoyable to me. We never do anything fun. You're such an old lady. Getting tired after eating boring. Watch it, Charlie. I'm nowhere near being old. Every healthy person feels a bit lazy after a good meal. It's not my fault you can't read. No. No, I guess that's my fault. I haven't had the time to teach you yet. Yeah, exactly. It's always
0: death and murder and books with you, Miss Stone. That's all I ever hear between my blasted
2: chores, food, and sleep breaks. Well, I'm a private investigator. What'd you expect? Besides, my job, and books, is much better than this. It challenges the mind. This this is just blind luck and brute strength. Next time I have a day off, you're going to learn how to read. If you ever get another day off. Hey, now. Shepard hasn't called me in for a while. I could have days off forever. All I've been doing recently is finding meaningless and lost trinkets that people misplace under their beds. And it seems people are very stingy with their money when you insult them for being completely moronic, that they need a private investigator to help them find this worthless junk. It's so incredibly boring, I could cry. So, what you're saying is that you'd rather someone be murdered instead of being here fishing. Well, gosh, Charlie, when you put it like that, of course not. But I need a job. A real job. Okay, so, with your
0: weird issues aside, can we just fish now? It seems like you just don't like my company. And I bet you'd like to do anything but spend time with me. Of course I
2: like your company, Charlie. Obviously, I love you for Pete's sake. Uh, fine, fine. Let's just fish. Yay!
1: Charles and Stone continue fishing. A few hours pass.
2: Miss Stone? Miss Stone! I got one! I got one! Finally! Don't just stand there gaping at the water. Reel it in, for goodness sakes! I'm trying, but it's...
0: Uh, uh, it's heavy! An arm
1: comes floating to the surface.
2: Ah! <laughs> Charlie, fishing is fun!
1: Well, it seems that the body
4: you two fished up is a body from overseas.
2: Are you serious?
4: Yes. In fact, according to his very wet passport, this man is from the Americas. It says he arrived here around a week ago.
2: So much for a happy welcome greeting. So, does that mean our fishing trip is over with? Seems like it. Why don't you just buy some fish from the market and take it home, huh? I'll even give you a few extra coins so you can get yourself something. I'll be back before dark, okay? Then I'll cook us up some fish.
0: Woohoo!
2: Is it my birthday?
4: Come on, Stone. Let's take a look at this body.
2: With pleasure.
1: Stone and Shepard turn towards the body.
2: Looks like the man was shot three times. Two in the chest area and one in the shoulder. A thirty-eight caliber pistol. I'm guessing no one heard the shots or else you would have known about this man sooner.
4: That's no surprise. All the buildings around here are unoccupied at night. Which would probably have been when he was killed, because it's all business. Seafood gathering, traveling, and importing is all done, and none of it is residential.
2: It'd be wise, then, to ask the Coast Guard some questions about out-of-country boats. But for now, let's continue with the body. We have some evidence left to attain.
4: Well, I don't see how there could be anything else to attain. His passport says he's from a place in America called Florida. He's been in the drink for two days now at the most, and considering that he's not from London, it seems to me that this must be some common mugging gone wrong. He doesn't have any money or wool wallet in his pocket to go along with the passport, which is strange. It's going to be a little difficult finding the murderer since it's a common thief. I beg to
2: differ, Shepherd. For one, his wallet is on his person, and secondly, I don't believe that he was killed by the common rabble of London. In fact... He was killed by the lads who brought him here.
4: You mean he was murdered by his friends from America? How do you figure? And where is his wallet? I searched the pockets, both of them.
2: His wallet is right here, Shepard. In his right shoe.
4: What the? Have you met this man before?
2: You know, now that you mention it, his face does ring a bell. Yes, I do know him. In fact, I met this man among tens of thousands in my frequent gallivanting to the Americas. And what a coincidence, he just happens to land on my doorstep murdered, no less. Crazy how life works, isn't it, (laughs) Shepard?
4: Dry sarcasm quite noted, Stone, that you don't have to be so rude.
2: I wouldn't have to be sarcastic if you used that thing that's sitting between your ears.
4: Then how did you know?
2: When you pulled the man out of the drink, I noticed a bulge in the sole of his shoe. When the only thing that you could find in his pocket was a passport, I put two and two together and figured out that the bulge was his wallet, or in this case, a notebook with American banknotes inside of it.
4: Why would that be in his shoe?
2: It's an item of great importance. Obviously, he didn't want anyone to stumble across it, Or know that he had it, and in a boat, nothing is easily hidden or kept sacred. Thus, some folks decide the best place to hide something is where it usually won't be looked for, or directly on your person, hence the shoe. Seeing as he was killed due to the contents of this little item, his hiding place was a smart move.
4: Wait, if he was killed due to the contents, why is the notebook back in his shoe? Wouldn't the murderers get rid of it?
2: Sorry, that's a fair misunderstanding on your part. This notebook is a logbook, or a diary, so what he put in here was why he was killed. It's not that the people read the book, it's because they caught him in the act of doing whatever he wrote about.
4: So, you mean he wrote about trying to lie or steal or something, and then he tried it, and the killers caught him?
2: Precisely. A lot of the writing is illegible in this book, seeing how wet it is. But the last thing he wrote was covered by the banknotes and this little piece of paper, which kept it dry enough so we can read it. Listen to this. The investigation is going well. I've almost got the dirt on them that I need. I need to watch my step because of how large the crew is, but this clue cannot be ignored. That's all it says. Dated for yesterday.
4: That little piece of paper is ripped. All you can see on it are the letters B, E, A and a brown blob. Looks like it'd be a label for a tin can. I'm guessing beans.
2: That sounds about right. Oh, before we go to the Coast Guard, Shepard, you should probably call the Americas, specifically this Florida place, and tell them that we found a detective. Maybe it's even a police officer.
4: He did say something about an investigation, didn't he? It's a sad day when we lose one of our own.
2: Curses. He should have been more careful. Now we have to find a murderer and whatever he was investigating.
4: That's right. Avenge a good man's death. I'll phone this Florida, see if I can get any other information. It might be a while.
2: In that case, I'm going to retire. It's getting dark. I'm sure Charlie is hungry, and so am I.
4: Fair enough. I'll call you if I get anything from the police force in America.
2: Hey, if anything pops up, just come over. Hopefully it won't take too long and you can have some of the fish I prepare. Don't stay up too late now, you hear? A tired cop is a bad one.
4: (laughs) It sounds like you actually care.
2: I also care whether or not I'm going to be working with a bright person, not a sleep-deprived idiot.
4: Sure, sure. We see you, Stone.
2: Of course you will.
1: Stone and Shepherd go their separate ways.
0: I'm home, Charlie. You're back! I missed you! I got two big fish. The market was selling them at half price.
2: That old buzzard almost let them go bad again, did he? Almost. But you know they're okay. Let's eat! Unless you learned how to cook when I was gone, I'm going to have to prepare the fish first. Set the table, please. Yes, ma'am. You can stay here, Charlie. I'll go see who's at the door. Mrs. Lawlin? Oh, Shepherd. Oh, so you do know this
0: man? He was looking pretty shifty knocking at my doorstep. No one ever comes here. All we've got is four occupied complexes. I told him to go away, but he kept asking for you. I kept telling him that I don't have vacancies, but he kept pushing. I was fearing for my life, so I had to let him in. I can call the police, you know. I will. I'm not afraid. Mrs.
2: Lawlin, he is the police, and I asked him to come. I don't see a badge, and why don't you ever tell me these things? I did tell you.
4: And my badge is right here.
0: I'm not stupid, boy. I've got my eye on you.
4: That woman's becoming more senile every time I come over here, I swear.
2: It's not like you show up here a lot, Shepard. I can still count the times that you've come over on both hands. And that's not a lot considering we've known each other for so long.
4: Your parents never liked me, Stone. Then I got a job and you got your new complex alone. But we never had any reason to meet, unfortunately, until you became a private investigator. Officially. But work still got in the way.
2: I know what you mean. So, are you going to tell me the reason you came here?
4: Yes. But only if I get whatever smells so divine.
2: It tastes divine, too. <laughs> Go ahead and get him a plate of food, Charlie. You can sit at the table. Yes, ma'am.
1: Charlie brings Shepard a plate of food. That boy behaves better and better than each
4: day, Stone. Good job.
2: I suggest you start talking, Shepard. This case is a doozy.
4: Okay, okay. At least, let me take a bite first. This is amazing, Stone. How do you make it so well?
2: Shepard, if this is some cruel way of torturing me, I suggest you stop before I slap you.
4: Fine, fine. I called over to the Americas the Florida line, and got in touch with the capital. Then I waited until they got me to the numbers of the police force near the water. I called everyone until I got a hit. This city in Florida called Fort Myers, I talked to the chief about finding a body in the water that was from the police force, and he told me that one of his men in the detective department was going undercover as a sailor to stop a crime that was happening to England from Florida. The detective didn't tell the chief what he was looking for, but the detective was decorated, so the chief let him go.
2: I'm guessing that the detective was investigating a drug cartel. It's the only logical thing that could be going back and forth between our two places. Anything else?
4: No. The chief finished our phone call saying that he was sending some of his men up here to get the body and solve the crime. He said not to do anything and wait until his more than capable men take care of the crime that the buffoons of London let happen. Ha!
2: In my town... Not a chance. The trail will be cold by the time those lads get here, and if they're anything like our dead detective, they wouldn't find the murderer if he was right under their noses. We've got six days, at the least, to solve this crime. Shepherd, and that's more than enough. Besides, he's got some nerve speaking about us like that, especially since it was his man that bumbled around and got himself murdered.
4: I believe it, Stone. We can solve anything.
8: Yeah!
2: You two are the smartest people I know. Hey,
0: does that mean we'll be going down to the docks again to talk to the Coast Guard? Yes.
2: We have to get the log of the ships that came into the docks within the last week from the Americas, and if any of those ships frequent this trip. But you aren't going to the docks, Charlie. Oh,
0: but I want to help! I found the guy! You never do anything with me!
2: Hmm. Well, I was going to have you investigate something else, but if you're going to be rude to me... No, 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 no! I take it back! I'll be good! Good. You're going to be investigating this little scrap of paper at the market. I need to know who sells it and who buys it. I believe it's a bean can. You have to be very careful, Charlie. You think you can do that? Of course! That's what the can looks like.
4: Smart thinking, Stone. We can cover more ground that way.
2: Well, if you finish your meal, Shepherd, I think it's high time we sleep and meet each other tomorrow at the market.
4: I'll meet you there at nine, just when it opens up. Be seeing you soon.
2: Likewise. So this man is still here. Tell him
0: to leave. It's ten o'clock and he's not your husband. This is unheard of, unseen. Mrs. Lawlin, he was about to leave. Not soon enough. This man is so shifty. He could take advantage of you, Miss Stone, and I'd hate for this place to lose such a swell lady. You help the police.
4: Ma'am, I am the police.
0: Get out, get out, get out!
1: Shepherd Stone, and Charles meet each other on the outskirts of the market.
2: Do you have the man's passport and notebook? Did they dry?
1: No good morning, no hello, nothing.
2: We are on borrowed time, Shepherd. but if it makes you feel better, good morning.
4: Yeesh, you always have to be so abrasive. The notebook and passport have dried out, but you still can't make out anything in the notebook. The contents have all blurred together.
2: I thought that would be the case. Well, we might as well talk to the Coast Guard now. Charlie, you know what you have to do. Ask around and see who buys and sells these bean cans. Yes, that's the gist of it. Make sure you remember everything I told you to do and be careful of. We want to make sure you actually get information, not lies or babble. Plus, we don't want you to get into any trouble.
0: Don't worry, Miss Stone. I'll be careful. I'll remember everything you said and get information.
1: Charles salutes and runs towards the market.
4: Well, I suppose it's time for us to get back to the dogs. Come on, Stone. The more time we waste here, the less we get from the guard.
2: Don't you think I know that?
1: Shepherd and Stone both walk to the docks. They arrive moments later.
2: It looks like his door has been tampered with, Shepard. We should ask him about that after our initial questions. Hello, can I help you? Yes, I'm Samantha Stone and this is Police Chief Carter Shepherd. We just have a few questions for you about a murder that happened here at the docks.
8: Oh, certainly. Anything for a fine police force. And it's a pleasure to see you again, Chief Shepherd. What do you need to know?
4: We would like to know if any ships arrived here from America, which of those ships frequent their trips, and if any came in from Florida.
8: Well, you came to the right man. I know everything about the boats that come in. Well, maybe not everything. I guess I should say I know everything that they tell me. I've got it right here in my logbook. Well, please, tell us everything. Oh, then I should start with yesterday morning. Huh?
2: What happened yesterday morning?
8: Well, I had a break-in.
2: Yes, I noticed that your door had been tampered with.
8: Yes, they seem to have lock-picked the door. I came in yesterday morning and I noticed the door was ajar. I went in to check if anything had been taken, but they didn't steal anything important, so I didn't report it and I just went about my day.
4: So then, they didn't steal anything important, so they did steal something? Yes,
8: that's right. They ripped a page out of my logbook. It was dated for today, last week. What?! How is that not important? That's
2: a crucial part of our investigation. I mean that page is literally exactly what
8: we need. Oh. Oh my. I'm sorry. You get excited rather quick, don't you? I meant to say that it wasn't a loss. I actually kept a second logbook locked in this cabinet that only I know about. Last year I had another break-in, just like this, and it was devastating to a police investigation, so I made sure to make two logbooks, one to leave out for all to see, and the other locked up for a fallback. They didn't find this one, so the ripped-out page in this logbook's not important. Another police investigation? Yes, I think it was August 19th, 1889, if I remember correctly. There was another murder here at the docks, but it wasn't solved. I remember Chief Shepherd being here, but not you, Miss Stone.
4: I knew that this case seemed familiar. I thought I was just losing my mind.
8: What happened in
2: that case? Why wasn't I there?
4: Well, we found another poor sap and drink, killed by drowning, not gunshot wounds. We assumed that his feet were tied to cinder blocks, and then pushed into the sea. He was mostly eaten up by a lot of fish, and his feet were gone from this chewing. So we can assume he was in there for a while, longer than our fellow today. That's also probably why he floated up, free from the cinder blocks. There was no idea on the guy either. We went to the Coast Guard to see if we could get any information, but we didn't even know where to look. The trail was quite cold and the only thing that was weird was that the Coast Guard had a page ripped from his log. There were several ships that came in that day, so we had nothing to go on. It's a terrible rate to end things, but that murder was not in our favour.
2: Yes, but where was I? I might have been able to help.
4: Don't you remember? You were bedridden for at least a week with a terrible case of influenza.
2: That was the case that you told me about when I was sick in bed? I couldn't even stay conscious enough that week, let alone think straight. I would have been no help with that investigation.
8: Yes, and now it has happened again. Although this time, they didn't bank on me keeping a second book.
2: They also didn't help themselves by being so sloppy. The first time with the cinder blocks meant that they had enough time, or were sneaky enough, to murder the man silently and with less evidence. In this case, I'm assuming that they had to kill the detective quickly, or the detective was armed as well, so it played out that he was shot three times before falling off the docks and into the water. This also means that the man was killed the night before yesterday.
8: So why didn't you see him right when you got to the docks? Why didn't I see him? Shouldn't the body float or something? I know when I'm in the tub, my arms and legs tend to float up. That's a common misconception. Your
2: legs and arms float in the tub because they are mostly muscle and fat, so they naturally float. The whole body, on the other hand, naturally sinks when a person goes unconscious or dies. That's why you can submerge yourself in the water without floating on top of it, right? The only time when the body floats is when it starts to decompose and create natural gases in the tissues throughout the body, which causes it to become quite buoyant and rise.
4: That's quite fascinating. But before we get too off track, can you answer our questions beforehand? The ones about the ships?
8: Oh, yes.
1: The Coast Guard pulls out a secret logbook.
8: Okay, here it is. The missing page shows ten ships that came in that day. Six of them coming from America. Out of those six, three of them frequent their trips. We can definitely eliminate this ship right here.
4: That's true. It doesn't make much sense that a dinghy would be the base operations for a drug cartel. Drugs?
8: In my harbour?
4: What's going on?
2: Yes, unfortunately.
4: But
8: don't worry. Shepard and I will grab the murderers before you know it. Please do. I haven't come into work with the Jimmy door. i have to fix it again.
4: So, it's between these two ships that we have to look at.
8: Yes, two cargo ships, Moon's Lass
2: and Mary's Grace.
4: Make sure to not let any ships leave the harbour. We have to question these two ships without seeming suspicious.
8: Shepard is right. We might have to do a little undercover work here. I'd suggest posing as a coast guard, because that would be the best course of action if you want to ask questions for the sailors and look at the ship.
2: I'd have to agree. Think we can do it, Shepard?
4: Haven't you done undercover work before?
2: Yes, but I'm not too familiar with ships. You might have to take the lead here.
4: Well, you'll be glad to know that I'm quite proficient in boats. This should be just fine. We have to head back to the precinct, though. We can't very well go onto the boat claiming to be coast guards when neither of us look the part. And I'm sporting a badge that would say otherwise.
8: Well, let's go then. Thank you for your cooperation, sir. It was my pleasure. I'll make sure to keep boats docked.
1: Charles is walking around the marketplace with a notebook in hand.
8: Hmm,
0: I wonder where I should start. I know I have to look for this bean symbol and then to ask who gave it to them. But the marketplace is so big.
3: Hey, Stone's boy. Mr. Brandy. Why are you walking around the marketplace alone again, lad? You need more fish.
0: Not exactly. I just wanted to look at the food and stuff again. Maybe Miss Stone will let me have some more coin and I can buy something sweet.
3: You know what you should buy? Some more fish.
0: Mm. I don't know what Miss Stone is making for dinner tonight, Mr. Brandy, but we had a good meal of yours fish last night, but maybe tonight I can convince Miss Stone to make some beans.
3: Beans? What kind of dinner is that? You need some lean meats in your system, lad.
0: Can you just tell me where to find some beans, Mr. Brandy? We had some beans with a cover looking like this, but I can't remember where to buy them.
1: Charlie shows him the label.
3: Oh, you mean those beans come from America. The folks around this market only get those beans in a shipment once a month.
0: So, where can I buy them?
3: I think the only place that buys and sells them are Simmons, Adam's Bakery, and Rosie's General Store.
0: Ah, thanks, Mr. Brandy.
3: Sure thing, lad. But you should know that Adam's Bakery only has so much beans. I guess he don't buy a lot since it's a bakery.
0: That would make sense, but why would he sell them in the first place? Don't bakeries only have cakes and bread and stuff?
3: Yes, mostly. But Mr. Run also sells sandwiches at his shop, so I guess some people like beans as a side. I've never gotten the beans, though. He never seems to have them when I get there.
0: Well, are you sure he buys and sells them?
3: I suppose I don't really know, but I've heard some young chaps saying that they've enjoyed the beans from the bakery. Maybe they forgot where they got it.
0: You mishear things a lot, don't you, Mr. Brandy?
3: You have a smart tongue, lad, but I suppose there's some truth to your statement. But if I were you... I'd go to Rosie's General Store if you want beans you can prepare at home or go to Simmons if you want them made for you. Hey, what you writing in that book of yours?
0: I'm not writing. I'm drawing some pictures so I can remember. But thanks, Mr. Brandy. I'm going to go to those places right now.
3: Come on, son. Don't waste your time on the beans. Get the fish. They're much more fun to
1: draw.
0: I'm pretty sure they've gone bad by now, Mr. Brandy. Uh, when you get new fish, then we'll talk.
1: He starts to run towards Simmons when he hears his name.
2: Charlie? Miss Stone? Why are you back from the docks? That doesn't matter much, Charlie. We didn't catch anything, so we came back to see you.
1: Right.
4: Now we're going to change out of these smelly clothes, get fresh new uniforms on. You know how sitting at the docks for an hour can do to you.
0: Oh, I get it. Well, I'm going to go to Simmons and see if there's something to eat that I want. And if not, I might go by Adam's
2: Bakery or Rosie's General Store. Is that okay? That's splendid. I'll even give you a few coins to get what you want. Make sure you only buy what I would want you to have. Okay, Miss Stone. Bye-bye.
6: Hello there, young man. Do you have a reservation? No, but I just wanted some beans. So then it's just you. I guess I can see what I can do about getting you some beans. I want this kind. Well, you're quite cheeky, aren't you? But you're in luck. We just got a shipment of those two days ago. I'll have to go ask the chef to put a plate up. You do have a coin for this, don't you?
0: Yep. Shouldn't it be one coin for a can of beans?
6: (laughs) We make them taste good. It's three coins. That's insane. I demand to see the chef. I really don't think you have that right, child. And you're getting on my nerves. You'd let a grown-up see the chef.
0: I'm hungry! You need to be quiet. What's all this ruckus about? It's disturbing the guests. Hey, you're a girl. Are you related to Mr.
6: Simmons, the murderer? Sorry, Mum. This kid wanted beans, but he can't pay for it. I tried to make him be quiet.
0: I can pay, but Miss Stone only gave me so much coin, and I wanted to get a pastry from Adam's Bakery. Oh, so your mother's the one who took my uncle and cousin away from me because they were murderers. Or helpers of a murder. That's right. What of it? I'm glad I get to have the wonderful restaurant now, but you should watch your tongue. It can get you into a bunch of trouble. Sorry, ma'am. I just wanted some beans. I suppose we can give it to him for two coins. His mother did give me the opportunity to take over the restaurant.
6: Seriously? Fine, I'll take you to your seat.
1: The hostess takes Charles to his seat and then takes his two coins. Later, his food is brought and he starts to eat.
6: Mmm, these are great. Where do you get them? I want to be able to get them. Child, if you can't even afford our beans, you won't be able to afford theirs. We pay a bundle just to get a few crates of their beans. Well, maybe I can get Miss Stone to buy them. Fine. We get them from a company who sells them to boat companies in America. And then the sailors from Moon's Last brings them over to us. Can't you tell me anything else? Yes, sure. You remind me of my old boyfriend. My old boyfriend is a creep. And I'm better off without that wretched man. You have a girlfriend. No, but I like this one girl. Bonnie. You'll soon learn how much commitment reeks of sewage water. One minute they love you and the next they're gone. You hurt me so bad yesterday. Asking all these dumb questions about my job and stuff.
0: (sighs) Like, are you... I meant, do you have anything else to
6: say about the Baines and the company? I think it's time I ask you a question. Where's your mother, young man? I don't think it's very wise to mouth off to your elders trying to get answers that you don't really need to know when there's no chaperone in sight. I think you need to step back and treat me with the respect I deserve. That starts with waiting till I'm finished talking. If...
0: You don't know the answer, you could have just said so.
6: I think you're done, child.
0: So, I learned that the beans I asked for aren't drugs, they come from America in the moon's last, and the hostess is mean. I guess the next place to go is Adam's bakery. Hopefully he hasn't sold out yet. Those beans were yummy. And it's an investigation.
9: Good afternoon, young man. Can I interest you in some tea or pastry?
0: No, I want some beans. These kind. Simmons shooed me away when I asked because I didn't have enough money.
9: Oh, I'm sorry, wee man. We just sold out of them.
0: You did? When?
9: A long time ago, actually. I haven't bought or sold beans in about a year.
0: How much is it? And who gives you these beans? I want to get some from them.
9: Two slices of sweet bread are a coin and I'm not at liberty to discuss the folks who sold it to me. A baker's confidentiality. You can't tell me anything? Look, kiddo, I haven't even purchased beans in a while. The company who sold them to me may not even exist anymore. Why are you asking me so many questions? Most of the people when I say I'm out will just go about their business. Why are you so pushy? You're a quite suspicious little bugger.
0: No, no reason. I'll take some sweet bread. Thanks! Bye!
1: Charles runs into the general store. He then looks around and finds the can of beans with the label on it on the shelf. The last one. He grabs it and walks to the counter.
5: Will that be all for you, young man? Yeah, but do you have any more of these beans? Unfortunately, no. A lot of the folks around here really like the taste of these beans, so they fly off the shelf. I have yet to receive my shipment for this month, so this is that last can in stock. So you're the one who buys them. Does that mean you are Rosie? I'd prefer it if you would call me Mrs. Niles, but yes. Where do you buy them? I buy them from America, and they are brought over by the moon's lass every month. I thought that my shipment came in yesterday because I hounded some men outside for the crates of beans, but they shooed me away saying it was for the bakery. "'I don't remember Mr. Brown ever selling beans, but I let them go and then I noticed that they were from the ship Mary's Grace. "'It wasn't my shipment, so I do wish that I could give you some more beans, but they haven't come in yet. "'But can I interest you in a bandalore? "'Everything here will just be three coins instead of one, but the bandalore will last a lot longer than the beans.' "'Oh, isn't that the wooden round toy that goes up and down on the
0: string? "'I think you attach the string to your hand.' I've seen some of the boys playing
5: with them before. Yes, that's the one. I'm sure you will love it. I'll take them. Pleasure doing business with you, young man.
2: So this undercover thing took forever. It's already lunch.
4: It's not my fault I had to teach you some of what I know about sailing and ships so you don't
7: sound stupid.
2: Whatever. Do we look like coastguards now?
7: As much as you ever will. I tried to make you two look different in the face So if they heard about you, they wouldn't recognize you
2: I'm sure they haven't They are from America
7: This is my one job, Miss Stone I like to go all out
2: Well, I'll give you this It was a lot cheaper than my transformations Can we go now, Shepherd?
7: Yes, we should head out Miss Stone!
6: Chief Shepherd, I found you!
4: My goodness, how did you get back here?
6: Sorry, sir He, he was too quick, I couldn't grab him Slippery little devil.
4: He got past all our men and managed to find our room before anyone caught him. What am I paying you for?
2: Good work, Charlie. I was beginning to think you never remembered any of my lessons about infiltration, but you really failed on the sneaking part. Why were you seen? Sorry, Miss Stone. I'll do better next time.
4: Stone? You're the culprit? You're making him into a criminal!
2: It's no different than the first time we met, Shepard. I'm no criminal. Believe me, it would be a nightmare for you if I was.
0: Hey, guys! I sneaked in for a reason. I found out some great stuff from the marketplace.
1: He hands them a notebook for his drawings.
0: What in... Explain this. Well, Simmons and Rosie's General Store gave me beans that were from Moon's Lass. Although, Simmons was kind of stingy with that information. Adam's Bakery didn't give me any beans, and I found out from Mrs. Niles that Mr. Brown gets them from Mary's Grace. Mary's Grace wants all the beans to go to Adam's Bakery, but they might not sell their beans only because Mrs. Niles never saw Mr. Brown sell any. Plus, Mr. Brown says he hasn't bought them in a year. No beans were drugs, though.
4: Oh, I see. I think I'm kind of understanding the pictures now. I guess this means drugs... And this means... Thanks
2: for your work, Charlie. But you really need to learn how to read and write. You can go home now. So, you figured out who the murderer is? What? No. Not yet. You're going home because it's too dangerous from here on.
0: What? I'm a part of this investigation now! I'll be careful!
2: You've done your due diligence, Charlie. Now go home. You won't be a help anymore if you come along. We're going undercover as Coast Guards. And, obviously, you aren't one. You look like a child. But, Charles... Fine. I'll see you tonight.
4: So, what now?
2: Well, from what I gathered from Charlie, I believe our drug dealer in London is the baker. The other two places seem to tell Charlie what he asked for while the baker didn't say a thing.
4: Yes, and it's quite strange that he has never seen actually selling the beans that he receives.
2: Which means that he is selling beans privately, or they aren't beans at all. I'm guessing that they just stuff the drugs in the cans... That means Mary's Grace is our vessel for the drugs.
4: So we have our two parties to take down, the baker and the Mary's Grace.
2: Hold on now, the whole boat might not be at fault. There could very well be a small drug operation underneath some of the sailors' noses. Besides, we are looking for a murderer. I'm sure if there were more than one person murdering the detective, they could have done it a lot less sloppily.
4: But the dead detective said that he had all the dirt he needed on them and that the dirty crew was large. You know, plural.
2: Yes, but our dead detective is also dead. In my book, he didn't do a good job of detecting if he died.
4: You almost died.
2: Yes, but I solved the investigation before he almost killed me. And it was a stupid competition that clouded my judgment. Nothing clouded the detective's judgment. Why would you even bring that up? What kind of insensitive jerk are you?
4: Sorry, sheesh. Okay, so there might be a secret drug operation in the boat. Then where do the other beans go?
2: They might not just sell beans, Carter. It's a boat. They could bring over anything.
7: Well, I'm going to put this stuff away, Chief. As much as I would like to hear the rest of this conversation, I have other work to do.
4: So, where do we go first?
2: The marketplace. I think we need to have a word with Mrs. Rosie Niles, and then take down Mr. Adam Brown.
4: Well then, are you ready? Of
2: course I'm ready. I've been ready ever since we finished putting on these blasted clothes. Just go already, Carter.
5: Cleaning just got easier with Sophie's soap suds. With a hard-working cleaning agent, everything it touches shines like a diamond and sparkles like a smile. Using a sponge to scrub once you see the colorful suds, you know it's working. Did I mention it works on foul language?
4: My son, all he ever had done was cuss when he got the chance. Just cuss, 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 cuss all day long. One day, I'd had enough of it. I went out and bought Sophie's soap suds and washed out his mouth nice and good. Now all he does is speak like a gentleman. <laughs> he tries to swear about soap. Sophie's Soap Suds, clean him out
1: real good. (laughs) Say something, boy. Gosh, Dad, I don't like you. (laughs) Best purchase I ever made.
5: See, folks? Sophie's Soap Suds works on all kinds of stains. You can buy Sophie's Soap Suds at any local store. You know it, folks. When all other soaps are duds, try Sophie's Soap Suds.
1: Stone and Shepherd arrive at Rosie's General Store.
2: Hello, may I help you? Yes. We just have a few questions about some of the items you have that are shipped in from the Americas. Did the sailors do something
5: wrong? Are are their companies in jeopardy? Is that why you two are here? Am I in trouble?
4: Why would you jump to those conclusions?
5: Clearly you two are coast guards. That means either the sailors or I have contraband if you two are here asking me about these items. No, no. We don't believe that anyone has
2: contraband. We just want to know which boats you receive your items from. Someone was sleeping on the
5: job, so we don't know who gives you any of your stuff, or the bakery. Oh, thank goodness. I was getting rather frightened for a moment. I'll tell you everything. I get several items from the Americas which are brought over on three different boats... St. Annabelle's, Moon's Lass, and Mary's Grace.
4: Moon's Lass and Mary's Grace? What specifically do you get from those boats?
5: We actually do have St. Annabel's stuff down, so the other two, if you please. No problem. I get mostly everything from St. Annabel and Mary's Grace. Mary's Grace brings me the most, though. I get my wooden items and food items from the companies that sell them to Mary's Grace, and I get other miscellaneous trinkets from the companies that sell them to St. Annabelle. I only get one item from the companies that sell them to Moon's Last, and that's a certain can of beans.
4: And what is that?
5: Exactly. If you get all of your food from Mary's Grace, why do you get a certain type of beans from Moon's Lass? Prices, I suppose. It wasn't always like this. Three years ago was the first time Mary's Grace stopped selling it to me. I first got all my food from there, but then, all of a sudden, the prices for me to buy the beans were outrageous, and they wanted me to sell them for outrageous prices. I asked why, and then they hung up. I couldn't get a straight answer for that type of bean since. I was downheartened because I thought I wasn't going to be getting any more of those beans from my shop. You see, they are quite rare and of very good quality. But then I happened upon Moon's lass, and that's why I'm buying beans from them today.
4: So why didn't you switch over to get all your food from Moon's Loss?
5: They didn't sell all of the food I wanted. Plus, changing over is a lot of paperwork. So I just stayed with Mary's Grace for the other food. I see. The strange thing, though, is that Mr. Brown, the owner of Adam's Bakery, buys beans from Mary's Grace now. And it all started when they stopped selling it to me. Although, I still have yet to see someone buying beans from his store. Also, when I decided to call over to Mary's Grace about the beans to explain why they cost so much, they told me they didn't sell them anymore, so don't worry about it. Obviously, they were lying. So how did you know that the bakery still buys them from Mary's Grace? Actually, that was an accident. I buy the beans in bundles and they are brought over by the moon's lass every month. I was getting antsy about it because the shipment is late. Actually, I still am antsy. I should get them by tonight, though, hopefully. But I thought that my shipment came in yesterday because I hounded some men outside for the crates of beans, but they shooed me away, saying it was for the bakery. I don't remember Mr. Brown ever selling beans, but I let them go, and then I noticed that they were from the ship Mary's Grace. It wasn't my shipment.
4: So the men from Mary's Grace got careless and accidentally let you see them bring beans in.
5: Well, I guess. I don't know if careless is the word, though.
4: Thank you for your time. We've got all we need for our books. Have a good day.
2: Yes, what my associate said.
4: So, we now know that the people who buy things for their business here buy them from the ship companies who buy them from the manufacturers. We also know that Mary's Grace conveniently ran out of beans to give Mrs. Niles after she couldn't pay ridiculous prices. We also know that they used to sell it to her normally and that they sell her normal items, just not the beans. I bet that the ship who sells the drugs is Mary's Grace.
2: And I bet you dinner tonight that the whole boat isn't in on the drugs. And I bet you dinner tonight that the whole boat isn't in on the drugs, just a part of
4: it. You're on. I don't see how the whole boat couldn't have been in on it. How could they kill the detective without alerting the other members of the vessel? And how could they transport the beans without having the ship's captain know?
2: Oh, stuff a stocking in it, Carter. Why wouldn't Mary's Grace still sell other items to Mrs. Niles if their whole vessel was selling drugs? Why waste time with other buyers? Your questions are easily answered, but we have to go pay the baker a visit.
9: Hello, may I help you too?
2: Hello, sir. We came here to ask you about your shipment from America. We had someone sleeping on the job, so we need to know what ships brought you things from America and what you got.
9: The only things I have received from America were ingredients for my shop and other food items from Mary Grace, that's all. That's all?
4: That's all. Then why did Miss Niles witness crates of beans coming into your store? She said you received a bunch of them from Mary's Grace. Oh, uh, you
9: know, Mrs. Niles is a rather scatterbrained individual. A very anxious gal. Yes, I did have the crates of beans come in here, but I was holding them for Simmons. But they just got space in the back yesterday. So they took all of the beans back. Don't worry. I was paid for my services.
2: Then I suppose you don't mind if we take a look in your back room, then. No?
9: No, sure. Go right ahead. Although you two seem more like detectives or something than coast guards. Trying to investigate everything and asking so many questions. Didn't you two only come to ask me what I had? Do you have something to hide? What? Absolutely not. Then what's the problem with us looking? Nothing. I told you, you could come back and take a look, didn't I? See? Nothing. Now are we done here? Any longer and I can file for harassment. Oh,
4: come on. You can't really believe that we believe that blatant lie. Of course you bought those beans. You're selling them as drugs. Drugs? That's
9: what you're here for. Are you crazy? And where's your proof? I've got nothing to say to you anymore. Get out of my shop.
2: That is what you get for running your mouth, Carter. Sometimes I'd wish you just kept it closed. If you did, you would have noticed that this wall right here is false.
9: You two aren't coastguards at all.
2: Oh, you just realized that now, sweetheart. Spill.
9: Gah, okay. So I did buy beans. But you can't condemn a fellow for wanting to keep them hidden. Why would you want to keep them hidden? Or lie about them? It's not drugs. Look... I have very elite buyers that want to buy full cans of beans without having to sit in that low-class restaurant or show their faces in a commoner's store. You know how it is. Sell to the right people, and you get good earnings. I have a right to sell to whoever I want.
2: Yes, but you don't have the right to sell illegal products, and these illegal products have come from America. So, if they are drugs, you will be guilty in two countries.
9: Well, they aren't drugs.
2: We'll see about that. Hold him down, Carter.
9: Well, looky here.
2: So, what was that about this not being drugs?
9: Hey, I have a wife and six children, officer, and the baker's salary won't feed my wife. And so, how am I supposed to f- keep my kids alive? Honest work, a second job.
2: Exactly. You're just whining and complaining, and yet, this still sounds like a problem you could have avoided if you kept your hormones in check.
9: Yes, she-devil.
2: I suggest you tell us who sold you these drugs before you see how devilish I can actually be.
9: Look, I don't know anything else besides the fact I buy them from Mary Grace. I know that I buy them from a small group because it all has to be done secretly and I always get my shipments at night after all the normal shipments are done. And the normal shipments and the drug shipments are doled out by different blocks. Plus, when I call in for my new shipment, I'm always handed off to someone else when the captain deals with all of the other shipments. The only reason they delivered early this morning was that the leader said he specifically had a
4: little problem that he had to deal with last night. Well, that's just splendid. Thank you for your cooperation. Now... I need to use your phone to call the police station so I can get some officers over here to arrest you. What? Arrest me? I told you I have a wife
9: and kids to worry about. You can't just take me out of my business. This is my life. I think you should have thought of that before you started dealing drugs.
4: You might as well get ready to be questioned quite a lot about the folks you deal them to. I guess you were right about it being a small operation inside the boat. I guess I owe you dinner.
2: Yes, you do. But you can just give me the money. I'll go out to eat with Charlie.
4: Whoa, are you upset with me?
2: This is the main reason why I'm the detective and you aren't, Carter.
4: What? Why? Because of your
2: snide comment about me almost dying. Was that really necessary?
4: I didn't mean anything by it.
2: But you knew how I've been feeling about it, Shepard. I confided in you and you bring it up as a fault of mine just to defend some dead guy you don't even know?
4: I just meant that just because the man died doesn't mean he wasn't doing his job correctly.
2: I sure hope you feel comfort in that. I'm glad it doesn't matter that you've hurt me.
4: Aren't you blowing this out of proportions? You can't hop on a guy just because he got a little careless. I'm just saying that even you have.
2: Maybe you're right that I shouldn't have been so harsh on the fellow for getting sloppy when he should have taken every precaution available to keep himself alive when he knew he was going undercover. But I don't see how it was okay for you to bring up something that so obviously scared me so soon just to prove a point. Do you not care about me at all?
4: Do you? You seem to be awfully sarcastic and abrasive to me all the time with no second thoughts. So what's the problem here?
2: Let's just go find that murderer.
1: Stone leaves to walk to the docks. Shepherd follows behind her.
4: Stone, wait. You can't expect to properly find the killer being upset. Why
2: would you say that? I don't care about you. I obviously do. I'm sarcastic because that's the way I am. Do you think that if I didn't like you, that I would work with you or I'd do things with you?
4: You're right. You're right. Both of the things I said were insensitive. I'm sorry, Stone. Truly.
2: I know you are. So am I. I know that I shouldn't have gotten so upset, but my near-death experience was harsh, Shepard. For once in my life, I didn't have everything under control. I understand that I shouldn't have hopped on the guy, but you must understand how what you said hurt
4: me. I do. I do. I'm sorry I said it. I won't bring it up anymore. Uh, are you still mad?
2: Not as much. But I forgive you, Shepherd. You really must find that killer, though.
4: Yes. And after you figure out who the murderer is, I'll take you and Charlie out for dinner. How's
1: that?
2: If that's your way of saying sorry and trying to make me not mad anymore, then it's working. You better take us to Simmons, though.
1: Deal. Stone smiles.
8: I owe you, Shepard.
1: They continue to the docks.
8: Oh, I made sure to keep Mary's Grace and Moon's Lass in the docks, just like you asked. They both are mighty upset about it, though. They're being forced off schedule.
4: You can tell Moon's last to go on. We only need to talk to Mary's Grace.
8: Oh, I'll tell them right away. I'm sure glad that you two are finding out this murder and drug operation so quickly. It makes me proud to know that our police force cares so much about our city and the safety of our waters. I want to thank both of you for such a-
2: Hey, we understand. But you are burning daylight, and the captain of both ships aren't getting any
7: happier. Right you are. Bye.
1: The Coast Guard goes to the moon's last while Stone and Shepherd walk up the ramp to Mary's grace. The Captain comes out to greet them.
7: Are we finally able to go now? I assume that's what you came here for. No, actually, we have
4: to ask you some questions about your crew. We have a few questions since we had a break-in last night, and the page that your ship was registered in for this week in the logbook was ripped out.
2: That's right. So if you kindly answer our questions, we will be on our way.
7: Oh no, of course. I wasn't aware that a break-in occurred. What do you need?
2: We would like to know who deals with the selling of items for your boat. More specifically, the rare and very good beans.
7: Well, I deal with all the specific selling of the cargo except for those specific beans you mentioned. That goes to my first mate. He was complaining to me that he wanted to be able to deal with some of the cargo selling. That he was more than capable to do something other than lug around goods and help me navigate all day. That's why I gave him a job to oversee one of the products we sold. He pleaded for the beans, so I let him have it. He works with 10 other chaps. They help him sell and deliver the beans. Why 10 people?
4: And do you oversee him at all for this operation?
7: He uses 10 folks because these beans aren't made so much, so the quality of them are low. So he only needs 10 folks to help deliver them to the buyers here in London. And no, I don't oversee this at all. Can we talk to this group? Certainly, but may I ask why?
2: Why? Oh, because one of them is a cold-blooded killer, but all of them are operating a drug ring right under your nose. Also, I know exactly who killed our dead detective, and I also might have solved the case from last year.
1: You have? But we haven't even talked to any
4: of them.
2: No matter. Let's go nab the killer.
1: Here we end the sixth episode of Stone Cold Mysteries with the challenge, Find the Killer. Were you paying attention? You now have all the tools to solve the murder. Message us on Facebook at 88.5 FM WCUG or Twitter at Cougar Radio WCUG with the killer, the motive, and the weapon. Tune in next time to hear the solution and to listen to another Stone Cold Mysteries.